FCC proposes changes to how you see EAS messages on television. More time for carriers to enable advanced robocall protections and more flexibility to improve safety on railroads. REC, FCC Today, meet you Bradley. This is FCC Today, the podcast for Tuesday, December 14, 2021. At today's FCC open meeting, the commission adopted a notice of proposed rulemaking to improve the quality of visual EAS messages on television stations and cable providers. In the proposed rulemaking, the FCC wants to improve what is shown on the screen during the annual national periodic test of the emergency alert system. Under the proposal, the crawl would read, quote, this is a nationwide test of the emergency alert system from the federal emergency management agency covering the united states this is only a test no action is required by the public end quote currently the messages that are received in the crawl are a bit more cryptic the new version would be easier for viewers especially those with disabilities to be able to understand the fcc also proposes to change the rules to require that eas participants including radio use the internet version of emergency alerts instead of the version received over the radio if alerts are received from both sources According to the commission, the common alerting protocol or CAP, which is used for alerts coming over the Internet, carry more robust information, including extended text and images. The commission realizes that television viewers with disabilities would be able to get more robust information during emergency alerts as opposed to the information carried from alerts that are received by the legacy radio method. The FCC is requesting information from the EAS equipment industry as to costs and other issues involved in making this change to the way that EAS is delivered. In a notice of inquiry, the FCC is looking to see if there is a way for the legacy radio method of delivering EAS to be able to be as more robust as CAP in delivering text-based information to viewers, as well as other ways to improve the EAS. The comment and reply comment periods in PS Docket 15-94 will be announced when the NPRM is published in the Federal Register. Also at today's open meeting, the commission adopted some changes to the spectrum sharing method for the non-geostationary satellite orbit fixed satellite service and proposed a portal for submitting competitive bidding documentation and bids for the E-Rate program. The E-Rate program provides support to ensure that schools and libraries can receive affordable high-speed broadband services. As we were in post-production, the Federal Communications Commission has announced an activation of the Disaster Information Reporting System, or DERS, in the following Kentucky counties, Breckenridge, Bullitt, Caldwell, Fulton, Graves, Grayson, Hickman, Hopkins, Lyon, Marshall, Mead, Mullenberg, Ohio, Shelby, Spencer, Taylor, and Warren. If you are a broadcaster in one of those counties, you should send your initial report to the DERS system by 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, December 15, 2021. Subsequent reports should be made by 10 a.m., every day while DERS is activated. For more information about DERS, please check out recnet.com slash disaster. 
In robocall news, the FCC has granted in part an order on reconsideration requested by U.S. Telecom to give additional flexibility to implement new codes to indicate blocked calls. When calls are originated using voice over IP, the Session Interchange Protocol, or SIP, will return a result code based on the outcome of the call. A previous commission order had ordered service providers to start using the SIP codes 607 or 608, depending on certain situations, by the end of 2021. On their reconsideration filed over the summer, U.S. Telecom states that the standards for the use of the 607 and 608 codes are still under development and that providers will not be able to implement the codes by the end of the year. U.S. Telecom states that many providers are currently using the code 603 for blocked calls. According to U.S. Telecom and consumer groups, requiring 607 and 608 for blocked calls by January 1 can result in service providers needing to discontinue the call blocking services they provide to consumers until the new codes can be implemented. In their action, the FCC will allow VOIP providers to use code 603 in order to meet the January 1, 2022 deadline while the transition to using codes 607 and 608 is being implemented. The design specifications for codes 607 and 608 include information that is not contained in the 603 code structure that permits callers to contact blocking entities and initiate a redress process. In a further notice of proposed rulemaking, the commission is questioning if a firm deadline for the use of the 607 and 608 codes is necessary, and if the commission was to require the use of 607 and 608, what would be an appropriate deadline? Comments and reply comments in CG Docket 17-59 will be announced upon publication in the Federal Register. The Wireless Telecommunications Bureau has granted a waiver to PTC 220, a joint venture of the nation's seven Class 1 railroads for permanent authority to operate 547 positive train control base stations, 5,566 wayside stations, and related mobile stations on locomotives. Positive Train Control, or PTC, which was mandated under the Positive Train Control Enforcement and Implementation Act of 2015, operates on spectrum allocated to the Automated Maritime Telecommunications System in the spectrum between 219.5 and 220 MHz. PTC is designed to reduce the risk of railway accidents caused by human error through the prevention of train collisions, automatically reducing speed of trains in speed-limited areas and work areas under slow orders, and to prevent trains from being switched to the wrong tracks. The waiver requests permit PTC 220 to operate radios at higher power. AMTS users are expected to provide protection to TV channels 10 and 13. In their technical showing, PTC 220 has demonstrated that channel 10 no longer needs to be protected from intermodulation interference since the transition to digital television. AMTS must provide protections to channel 13 spectrum from 210 to 216 megahertz. In their showing, PTC 220 does not project any cases where more than 100 households watching channel 13 would receive 
interference from base or wayside stations. The push for PTC was escalated after the 2008 fatal head-on collision of a Metrolink commuter train and a Union Pacific freight train in Chatsworth, California. In that case, the NTSB had determined that the Metrolink train passed through a red signal on a single track section because the operator of the Metrolink train was distracted by sending text messages. There were 25 fatalities and 135 others were injured in that disaster. The Media Bureau has issued a $1,500 dinger to the Big Pine Paiute Tribe of the Owens Valley licensee of LPFM station KOGILP Big Pine, California for filing a renewal well past the filing deadline. Radio license renewals in California were due on August 1, 2021. The FCC customarily gives a 30-day grace period for late filings. KOGILP's application was not filed until January 21, 2021. The tribe has 30 days to request a reduction or cancellation of the proposed forfeiture. Through the holidays, FCC Today, the podcast will be produced as news breaks. If you have comments, questions, or you just want to get your voice on the podcast, call our input line at 202-963-0852 and say what's on your mind. (laughs) Email us at fcctoday at recnet.com. This has been a production of REC Networks, always on at recnet.com. I'm Michelle Bradley, SBE Certified Broadcast Technologist. Thanks for listening and stay safe. R-E-C. R-E-C.